Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. My name is Scott North. I am the sales manager for TO Live. TO Live manages the three City of Toronto theatres, Meridian Hall in the St. Lawrence Centre downtown and Meridian Arts Centre uptown. My responsibility is to get private, non-ticketed special events into all three venues. We were about to launch the special event studio podcast when COVID-19 hit. Because we are now living in a different world, we want to get some perspective from my colleagues in the event industry and how they are managing. Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. Well, Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Scott. We uh, we are number 20, Will. That's a... Would you ever thought that we'd be through 20 people? Well, as of today, we're going to be interviewing our 20th person. No, and it's 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 a funny thing, I think, because of the way the pandemic hit and everything that like time is just a blur. I can't believe we were on guest 20. <laughs> it feels like we started yesterday, but. Yeah, it does. It certainly does go fast. And uh, it'll be it'll be an interesting one today, though. Um not not a whole lot to talk about. You got anything to talk about on our intro here, Will? Got a, a big election coming up in the uh, south of the border, so I guess that's kind of uh, somewhat interesting. I don't know if that'll affect our work specifically, but I mean, if it, if if it if it changes the way things are done in the U.S., I'm sure it'll have a resounding effect on us across the border. For for sure, and that's a that's a tricky one down there. Um, I think I'm going to reserve my comments on that will <laughs> don't want to get into the politics here yeah, for, for our 20th episode i i agree i agree okay so let's uh let's get to it we'll we'll uh we'll intro our guest for our milestone 20th episode of the special event studio we have the president and ceo of to live and our boss clyde wagner clyde welcome to the podcast Thank you. It's a total pleasure to be here. Good, good to have you. And and uh, you know, in these times, these these unprecedented times that we're in, um, obviously we're not. We're work, We're all working from home. So this is like the the first time that I'm able to speak to you since we started this. So I'm going to uh, take advantage of that, Clyde. <laughs> I I look forward to being taken advantage of. I. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's very strange to conduct, uh, business from the, from basically the top floor of our house, you know, the, uh, throughout the pandemic, but it, it, it's worked and, you know, technology and, and a lot of teamwork has gone into making it work, which is great. Sure. Clyde, so obviously we'll get into some TO Live items in a bit, but first, first, would you, would you share with us a little bit about your story and, and some of the things that you've done, you've got a long uh, career in the arts and, and events. Can you, can you share a little bit of that with us? Sure. Um, well, I mean, I started as a producer, uh, I hate to say probably 20 years ago. And, um, and that's really where, that's really where most of my career has been. So I sit, uh, in a very unique place that is at the at the meeting place between financing, um, production or engineering and 
the creative industry. So I, I have always sort of built this little niche in that area. And um, it is generally what a producer does, but I sort of specialize in bringing these three groups together. And I've done that through a variety of different things, always in, in media and technology and entertainment. This is, this is sort of my sort of first or second big foray into live events. I started in, in, uh, for a big Broadway production company in the uh, beginning of the 90s after I graduated from university and then moved out of that into television and film and uh, the fashion industry and uh, technology, always with a bit of a technology bent. And then I, I went back to school at NYU and studied film. And I also then, uh, subsequent to that, several years later, went back to school. And I have an MBA from U of T. And, uh, and I like numbers and I like budget. So I sort of sit in that area, which does that. And I think when you, you know, you start at the very bottom of the career path, I certainly would characterize me starting at the very bottom of the career path. I, I began as an usher and uh, answering the phones for a very large company, a large production company. And that's how I learned. I learned sort of from the mailroom up. And that experience has certainly brought me a wealth of, of knowledge about intimate details about how companies work and how production works and how entertainment works and media. And I had some really, really fantastic mentors uh, early on in my career that helped me get ahead and and gave me opportunities um and and then uh, and then education and and being surrounded by by really smart really creative people sort of propelled me forward um and i also just uh, as an aside i'm also a dual citizen with the united states and canada so i had the opportunity to go back and forth to the u.s for work and uh, spent i spent more than half my career down in the U.S., either in New York or California, wherever, and um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a really fun and interesting journey. I'm I'm kind of an adventure seeker. I think if you if you, nobody would look at my career path and say, oh yeah, that was well planned out. It, it there was absolutely no plan. It was more just seeking out adventure and seeking out opportunity and being really excited by what the next step was. And that all led me to here, which is kind of strange, but, but true. But here, but here you are. But here I and am. Now, I, I wonder if you might talk to me about one specific stop on that path. Um, is it okay if we talk about Luminato? Absolutely. I, I'm very proud of the festival. I was on the, the founding team of the festival. When it was put together, it was a response. It's actually a, quite an interesting thing because it was put together as a response to the SARS uh, pandemic and the downturn in the economy in the city of Toronto. They had, there was a massive, first an infrastructure spend investment into major cultural organizations. You would have seen that with the building, sort of all of these major buildings in Toronto, at least, are, are sort of fall into that category, the Four Seasons Center, the RON, the AGO extension, all of these places were sort of under that push. And then after that, they really thought that uh, a programmatic extension of this stimulus for culture was really important. And from that concept came 
the Luminato Festival. And two two people really in particular, Tony Galliano and David Pico, really were the, the great ideas people behind that on the board level. And Janice Price was the first CEO there. She asked me to be their general manager, producer for the festival and put it together. It was great. Okay, and and the, the one specific thing that for for all the years that you've been there, I've, I've always meant to ask you about was um, the Hearn. So uh-huh. a, a, de- a decommissioned generating facility, electrical gen- generating facility, is that correct? Yeah, massive power generating station. Exactly what, what you would think in the classic sort of gothic way. This huge, huge building that can encompass, I think, something like three football fields. Uh, big and uh, inside the structure is tall enough that you could put the um, uh, the Statue of Liberty upright in one of the 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 bays. So you know it, it's this really huge, sort of very decrepit building with a smokestack and all this stuff in it, and and the vision. It, it, uh, sorry, and it exists in, in the city of Toronto down in the Portlands, as, as many people might know. And a lot of people don't know that it's even there. They certainly didn't know before we did this project. And it, it's just completely abandoned. And I happen to have been in it before because I, I was working on a movie set and they were shooting in there. So that's what it's mainly used for. It's been used for a lot of different films very successfully. And then when the, the, the festival wanted to do something, there was a, a big conversation in the city about what to do in the Portlands, what to do with the Hearn as, a, as a, a building itself. And at one point there was a proposal to put soccer fields in it and sports complexes and stuff, which I think is, is valid and really interesting. And, and we can always use more of them. And then there was a real call to say, but it could be more and it could be a cultural complex. Um, and so we sort of took on this, this call to action and, and came forward with a proposal to do a, a temporary uh, festival inside the Hearn, which, would, which was the first and ironically one of the last times that the general public was allowed into the building. So, so you, you did the entire, it's a 10-day festival? It was 17 days that year, 17 uh, 17-day wow. festival, and it all happened. The idea was to do a festival in the Hearn. Uh, and so, it, you know, it, it was it sort of, it, what I like about that project, and I'm very, very proud about that project, it was, it was not easy to, all the, the, all the really great things are not easy to do. I think you'll just find that naturally over time. That you know, if it's too easy, it's just not. I I, I think it you know really really easy projects are not the ones that you sit back and go, wow, that was phenomenal. It's more that if it has certain challenges, and because really great things always are more difficult. Like you, you just sort of they're not they don't come easily. And so there was a lot of work just simply to bring the the building up to what was considered a publicly occupiable space to meet health and safety standards and, sure. and uh, fire code and, and all the things that you need to do to have a building have uh, invite the public into a space. And so we had we went through a very uh, protracted process to get that done, worked very closely with the city of Toronto. And 
And then also on top of that layer in all the art that we were doing there. So we built a, a thousand seat theater, a modular space theater in that space and ran a, a series of, of plays called the James Plays by the National Theater of Scotland there. We did, you know, presentation. We had a whole concert venue in there. The TSO performed there. Yeah, um, uh, choir, choir, choir performed. I mean, we had a, uh, there was a huge uh, uh, dance piece that we did with Godspeed You Black Emperor and live performances and uh, and ultimately the Unsound Music Festival was also held in there and uh, and we also did a wonderful fundraising night and and sort of uh, club night if you will with uh, a company called Yes Yes Y'all in the city of Toronto which I'm very proud of as well so it was it, over there was a I mean that's just a piece of everything that we did there were there were really an enormous amount of activation that took place in the in the Hearn during that period and also we had this vision of opening up the space so it wasn't just about the things that we could present in the space during that period of time but we sort of went out to the artists of the city of Toronto and said we'll provide the space if you want to do something here and so that had a whole other program element to it that sort of was happening 24 hours a day for those 17 days. It was, I thought it was really incredibly exciting. And, and you put all that together in less than a year? Yeah, yes, actually, which is uh, frightening when I think about it now. That That's we actually, yeah, it, it, was, it was pretty uh, all in. We started the discussions sort of about it in late November, December, and really locked in on doing it I would say January, end of January for June festival. So it moved, I would say even mm. less than six months, eight months. We moved very quickly. Yeah. So good segue from, from a very stressful time in your life. I'm sure Clyde and putting all that together too. We're going to be moving to present day, uh, president CEO at TO live. And, and we find ourselves in this pandemic, uh, I, I can't imagine in your position uh, all the different things, all the all the different stakeholders that you're dealing with. But how how have you been kind of moving yourself and this company through these uncharted times? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I don't. I, how have I done? I think <laughs> I could ask you guys. What do you think? Do you think I'm doing okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks. Okay. And, and you know, we've we've. Yes, I knew. I do know the answers to some of these questions yeah. that I'm asking. But, um, uh, you know, the one thing that you've done is, is you've kept this. You know, the communication has been great with the town halls. Um, yeah, that's that's always great to see you because you know there's different layers that you from from you at the top. Um, so really, and Will and I were talking about it before. Um, you know, our offices in proximity are, are quite close to you, so it's it's easy to. You know, I can pop by and, and, and say hello or, or get a question answered from you, our, our president, but that's gone now or at this moment. We've, you know, a number of yep. months into this, and, and that's something that I miss. So getting to see you on the uh, town halls has been great. Um, but, uh, I, yes, how, how have you gone through this? That's a pretty wide question. Um, yeah. I mean, but it's a good question. I think the town halls are a really nice place to start because I the what happened – so this all sort of 
began on March 13th, but you, uh, but it actually began earlier than that for some of us in the organization because we were having discussions around uh, COVID-19 and, and did some advanced planning. And I think that if you're running with a really good team, and I think we have an excellent team at, at TO Live, so that, you know, first and foremost, you can't do anything by yourself. I just believe that firmly. So, you know, you have to surround yourself with really super talented people to achieve anything. And I, I do believe that the group we have, I'm incredibly proud of the team that we have at TO Live and, and the work that everybody does. And and I'm not just saying that, I, I really do believe it because we it's times like this that you really, you you really experience what the, the team can do, you know, because you have to pull together. So we we started... Um, very early on, sort of January, February, we were looking at what was happening with COVID-19 in the world. And and I asked our finance team, who you guys know really well, uh, I at a time when they were sort of in the midst of doing year end from 2019. And, and I said, you know, I, I think we should pull together a model uh, to see what uh, what this could impact us as an organization. And, and, you know, they, there was a little push and pull there because they were very busy, but they, they but we worked on it together and we put a, a model together that would look at what, uh, what would be sort of three different scenarios uh, from COVID-19, one where we had a drop in tickets. The second one was a, a also sort of a drop in tickets, but a little more ticket sales, but a little more dramatic than the first one. And then the the third one was, what if we could not host uh, audiences in the space? What if we could not actually sort sort of continue regular operations the way we were? And that we we called this sort of catastrophic scenario, and we modeled that out for three months and took that and sort of stuck it in a drawer. And then lo and behold, on March 13th, uh, when the city uh, medical officer made the announcement that, that, you know, theaters and performing arts venues, live entertainment was going to be basically, uh, you couldn't operate in the same way anymore. You sort of couldn't hold, host the audiences. We pulled that out of the drawer thinking that we would never need it. And we sort of, we used that as the basis going forward. I think that, that that's exactly what a good team does is that you, you have these forward thinking conversations. Uh, you look at the environment uh, internationally, nationally, locally, and you sort of do some risk analysis and you have something so that you're prepared. And we, you know, all of our assumptions, were they correct? No, uh, clearly the three month part was not correct, but the, but it did get us started and it got us to begin the conversation with the team going down the road. The other thing that, that with this particular crisis that we're in is you know, you, again, you're trying to hold the team together. You're trying to hold together a company and a company is the people that work there. It's not this ephemeral thing that's out there. It ultimately is the people because the people are the talent base and they're the knowledge base and they're the creative and, and they're the people that are doing the work every day. It is about the people who are around the table. So you want to hold that group together and 
So leaping into, you know, we had done town halls, as you both know, before we had always this, the concept of a town hall, we had started long before COVID-19, where we would all get into mm -hmm. a theater and we'd talk and we'd have some robust discussion. And that was great. Sure, yeah. You know, people were, some people didn't agree and we would talk, and, but a lot of great things would come out of those town halls. So then right away, we, we really challenged ourselves. How do we continue with those things? How do we keep that communication going forward? And luckily, uh, there's, we now have this video technology, Zoom and Teams and all of the great different uh, video conferencing technology that people are using now to literally keep their businesses running. We use that in our town halls and stuff. We set regular meetings with people that way to inform them of how the company is going. And then also we had people like the two of you that just left right in. You created this fantastic podcast, you know, we just, which really works and it's, it works for keeping our, our, our patrons and our, our industry leaders and our, the people who we, who we work with uh, regularly engaged and, and part of our conversation. And it's stuff like that, that we really needed to do. And as you know, we also launched the living rooms program and then we participated in Canada day. And then, then we, we've just recently done fall for dance North and we have now a full program that we've laid out for the recovery effort that leads us sort of from here uh, forward through the next, I would say, 12 months. And uh, and that's thanks to the great ideas and great work for Josephine Ridge and yourselves and the rest of the programming department that all got together and put that together. So it's sort of a big, at first you're sort of overwhelmed by, you can be very easily overwhelmed by something like this crisis, but if you have a plan, your, your actions are guided by rationality and, and a forward thinking concept that's been laid out before and you follow the plan and you're very methodical about it, you know, and always, always thinking ahead so we always are trying to find what's the horizon so where we were at on march 13th we were thinking about the three month mark by the time we hit april i would say mid-april just the beginning of may we'd already known that that three months were just that was a fantasy and so we then we really planned uh the rest of the year out and we used a structure that allowed us uh, in a very fiscally prudent way to match our expenses to what we knew would be the base earned income for the year. And, and so we've been operating like that. And so now the, the, what we're doing going forward is thinking, how do we project into the future and reopen? It's a, it's a kind of a much more fun exercise to play uh, because you know, close, closing down some of those operations is one thing, but opening them back up is another. And that also takes resources and time and, and you want to do it in a measured way. And there's whole new health and safety requirements that we're working on, uh, which Matt Farrell and his team have been fantastic about and been really working to write the book on that, that kind of stuff for the industry. So, so that's where our next our big conversations are now. How do we reopen? How do we uh, engage back in the live events as much as we've moved into the digital, which has been critical for us? Okay, and I and I, I will ask you that, but Clyde, just all the stuff that you're that you're talking about, and 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 you're leading this team, but you're also dealing with 
the board and you're dealing with multiple levels of government and, and you got 600 staff that you're, that you're leading. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Will and I on, you know, we're dealing with one small area. And I will say that from time to time, it, it's, it's a little overwhelming. It's a little stressful. I can't imagine that level of, of in, in your position. Now, like, do you get stressed out? What, do you do anything that, how do you, how do you shut it down? How do I personally shut it down? Uh, well, I, we have a, a regular path that we walk around our neighborhood, which I think at this stage, I've probably worn a little path into the sidewalk because I do this regular walk, which is nice. And, and um, so that's one way that I, 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 I've always found exercise and I'm a regular fitness junkie. So I get up at 5.30 and work out every morning and, and stuff like that. So that helps. Um, I also, it's a, it's a little bit of a secret that I ride horses. So I, I, oh, I, really? I, <laughs> I go as often as I can to a stable north of the city in Stouffville. And luckily they're open during the pandemic. So, so I do that, which is, I find is amazing because it, it, you're, it's impossible for you to focus on anything else. Yeah. Um, when you're, when you're, you know riding a horse because they have a mind of their own as well and you've got to you know stay on um so that's great and then i you know i i get a lot of energy and positivity from the people around me you know i i'm surrounded again like i, I might sound like i'm just like a very positive person but i try to be and and i i'm i'm constantly getting energy from the wonderful community that we have whether that community is our team again i i just i really love the people that are in our company and and that could be yourselves it could be you know a random encounter that i have with some of the other people on our team phoebe or stephanie or jeff or i mean any of these wonderful people who i just absolutely love hearing from and and I get a lot of energy from that. And I get an energy from talking to other people who are in our communities, our arts community that we deal with both uh, locally and nationally. And I, I luckily have a good connection to people and, and I love artists and I love creative people. And, um, and so I, I have great faith in their vision. I think at the end of the day, you know, we're, it's tough right now. There's no question about yeah. it, but creative people find a way out. I never had any doubt that the, that the artists of the city of Toronto in particular can figure a way out of this mess that we found ourselves in and find new and really interesting ways to present their work uh, to the public. And our, our role, which is actually quite a, a a wonderful role to be in and I'm very grateful for it is just helping them do that so what so that if they come to us we can say yes right so if they have an idea our job is just to say yes and what more can we do not and, and no, now, no 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 which is a terror no is a terrible answer I hate no <laughs> you know and, and and saying that and 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 coupled with what you were saying before as we're starting to have things happen in our spaces can you share with us any any um mm. things that are in motion that that may or may not happen with us yeah i think that there's you know there's some wonderful work that we're discussing with different 
um, organizations. I won't, I won't give specific names of organizations because yeah. I think that's for Josephine to share. And I think yeah. until we're, they're actually happening, we can't really announce them. But uh, a lot of organizations are now, as I said, moving to this digital realm and as much as possible because we have space, we can try to work with them to provide the space and the infrastructure and the time uh, and some funding to underwrite all those costs so that they can get their, their work captured in a digital format and then uh, presented both by us or themselves or however it gets out there. So we're really trying to do that. I think we're also really trying very hard to underwrite the cost for people to come in and use the space when it's deemed uh, safe to do that by the health authorities. For rehearsals and development of new work, it's, it's critical that artists today have a space to do that because they would have been stuck in their homes and unable to create in a larger format for several months now. And we're gonna end up, as we all know, I don't think it's a big surprise to talk about a year of this COVID-19 crisis. So how do we get artists into a space where they can be creative so that when we do come out of this, they have new work to present right away to the public. So that's another uh, format in which we can, we can help and assist. Uh, artists and people around us. And then also we play a critical role, I think, for communities. And our dream has always been that that our spaces are, are both homes for great art and also homes for great community. So trying to ask those questions, when the community can gather again or when the community has need, how can we play that role? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's really critical for us. And we've seen us do that over time, like up at the Meridian Arts Center during, uh, during the, the holidays, the Jewish holidays in September, we hosted uh, because, it, because of the space requirements, health and safety requirements and needs for people to social distance. Uh, there was a requirement for another space for shul and, and uh, to occur, we were able to host them and make sure that they had that space for that to happen. And I know you both were uh, intimate in trying to make that happen. And I'm so proud of the fact that we were able to accommodate that. So it's stuff like that, that I think we have to ask those questions. How can we be there for community in our neighborhoods, in the city? How do we continue to grow those, those things? How do we answer the community's call and and respect and and again say yes and yes and how can we help you further? Sure, I think that's really critical. And then I that that you're referencing the song show high holy high holy days that we hosted up. That was we hosted at Marine Arts Center. That was very exciting to get that in there. I will agree with you hundred percent there. Absolutely, um, and what a beautiful thing! What a beautiful event holiday community to host because it speaks to the future and reopening. I just thought it was, it was just so wonderful that it could happen. And I'm very, very proud of you guys for making it happen. I, I agree. And thank you. And so, so, so are we going to get into, you know, more and more of those things so that, you know, you're saying, you're saying, a, you know, a year out. So, um, we'll have more and more people in our spaces and then, eventually one day like we are we getting back to the the full capacity live events oh absolutely i have no doubt so there was somebody who asked me the other day what do you you know when do you think this is i mean we'll as soon as we can we're ready to roll again 
uh, in my estimation. I know Matt and you, everybody's like, wait, 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 we got stuff. But the reality is I think we're ready to roll as soon as we can. And as every time that we get any conversation that, that talks about, you know, uh, the opening up of the number of people that you can gather in a room, we're going to be right there to meet that need. So if it's yeah. 10 people, let's have 10 people. If it's 100 people, we'll have 100 people. And when it's 3,000 people, we'll have 3,000 people in a room. I, yeah. I don't have that problem. And I also have seen, uh, and I'm sure you are both familiar with it, our booking sheet that looks into the future. You know, we're very lucky with the type of organize, type and scale of the organization that we are, that we sort of have this ready-made market test, if you will, that sort of sees the future a little bit in our booking sheet and, and all the great work that that department does uh, that Elsa and her team put together, right? That she, she is constantly teeing up what our calendar will look like into the future for a couple of years. And if there was a vaccine today and it was distributed, so everybody had it in January, when I look at the booking sheet for 2021, if that, in, we know that's not going to happen, but if it did happen in this fantasy world of mine, we would have the best year we've ever had yeah. since I was here in this job in 2020. Yeah, I, I looked at the calendar today and, and uh, you're absolutely right. It was just filled with color. Filled. Filled. Yeah. And there's demand. I mean, there we just recently put a show on sale. A rent, it was a third-party rental that went on sale, and it sold out in Meridian Hall in April. So, really? so there is demand, and I think there's even more demand going to come in the future because people want to be in a room together. I mean, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I mean, don't you just yearn for that? That that moment when we can be all be together in a great concert in a packed hall, you know, it it's just it, it's there. There is this really magical experience that happens that you just can't get in a digital format. When Absolutely. there are, you know, I, I'm using one example, but there are three thousand people in a sold out concert in Meridian Hall. And you're you're hearing a concert or seeing a great performance. It it's magical, and it's magical because of the people together having a unified experience. It's the yeah. same thing uptown at the George Western Recital Hall. We had the Kingdom Choir last year, and it was an absolute magical experience with them in the room. So those that was magical before. Like, can you imagine after this how magical it's going to be? Absolutely, and that's why I say I think there's a lot of pent up demand, and I think that when once we're able to open, we will be the first people throwing open our doors in a safe way uh, and welcoming those audiences in. And and I can't wait to do it. And I know we have great events that are, uh, you know that we will pick up that conversation and we will plan to do something really spectacular in 2021 to make sure that the public has that kind of an experience with our partners and the people that we work with like JFL, like the Elevate Tech Conference. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that are going to come up uh, and, and I'm hoping that that next year is the year when everybody just comes back together. Absolutely. And, and Clyde, I think probably a, a good spot to, to end because 
I'm, I'm definitely excited by uh, how you've kind of described that. Um, so I, I want to thank you for taking your time. I, I know you're extremely busy uh, for giving us this time. Um, on a personal note, wishing you and your family all the best. Stay safe, and I will look forward to the time I can pop my head into your office once again. Thank you, Will. I look forward to it as well. And congratulations to both you and Will on this podcast. I think it was a genius idea to start these. I've listened to them. They're fun. They're entertaining. They're, they're informative. And I'm really, again, I'm super proud of all the work that you both are doing. And so thank you for, for keeping that up and really pushing forward with this stuff. I really love it. Thank you for that, Clyde. And you take care. Okay, you too. While our doors are closed for the moment, we certainly still are working into the future. If you need anything, don't hesitate to shoot me an email at scott.north at tolive.com. That's S-C-O-T-T dot N-O-R-T-H at T-O-L-I-V-E dot com. Thank you very much for listening.